Today on the podcast, we discuss today's specials with the specials. Stay tuned. Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. And I'm Gary. Hi, Gary. How's it going? Oh, it's it's going well. It's snowing in New Jersey. <laughs> it's like That's the noise I make when it snows. <laughs> right. So do you have do you have a big driveway you've got to shovel? I have a driveway, yeah. So any type of driveway is annoying to shovel, but it's yeah. not snowing enough to have to shovel. It's like it's weird. It was sixty five degrees yesterday in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and today it's like uh, 30, 20 something. Um, so the snow is not sticking to the pavement. It's only sticking to, like, the grass. So it's actually a decent type of snow. Because if it okay. just goes in the grass, it's fine. Right, right. So so I haven't had to shovel or anything. Not wood. That's good. That's I mean, when Megan and I were contemplating, like, you know, in the early days of dating and stuff and where we saw lives going and all that stuff, I was adamant of, like, I'm sorry, we're never living on the East Coast because it snows there and I do not want to shovel anything ever <laughs> i don't blame you it's the worst it's the absolute worst and people who like snow um are also the worst people who like like i'm gonna wish for snow tonight no snow is cool when you're a kid and sure. like school gets canceled right but once you get to an age of like maybe a teenager and your parents make you shovel then it's terrible yeah i i don't mind visiting the snow we we have mountains here in california that have snow and that's all fine but if i have to live in it and work it no thanks Here's the other thing, too. Like, as an adult, work very, very rarely gets canceled because of snow. Sure. School gets canceled more frequently, but work, no. You got to be there. Maybe you can be a little bit late, but otherwise you got to be there. Right. I, uh, what was I listening to? Like, uh, someone was saying that when they were growing up, it, it basically, it ha- you know, the snow had to be up to the doorway of the building and... <laughs> You know, before they'd call it a snow day, but now they it feels like as they're an adult, like just a flake of snow, and they're like snow day. <laughs> and luckily, uh, uh, my daughter is young enough where she does go to daycare, but she doesn't go to school yet, so right. it hasn't been canceled. But I can imagine that's inconvenient. Like one of us has to stay home from work if school's canceled. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what. Give her snow. That's kind of what COVID has been like for those who have school age children. True. Yeah, I shouldn't complain. <laughs> Yeah, except, except for like maybe one or two days, it's like uh, months. <laughs> but um, how has uh, your weekend been so far, Gary? It's been a good weekend. So I wanted to talk about video games. Okay. I've been playing a lot of video games lately. Do you play video games, Matt? Uh, here and there. Mostly lately, I just play Fortnite. Okay. Do you play on like Switch, Xbox, PlayStation? What's Switch. System of choice? Switch. What's that? Switch. How are we not Switch friends, by the way? I don't know. Uh, I occasionally get notifications of people, and I'm just like, how do I get, how do I, uh, never mind. I'm just going to shoot some people on Fortnite here. <laughs> well, in, in Backyard Superheroes, we play Switch online a lot. We play a lot of Mario Kart, so you're welcome to join us one time. Oh, yeah. Good time. But I've been playing a game like Mario Kart. So I like racing games sometimes. So I like Mario Kart, Star Wars Pod Racer. Do you remember that game? I do remember that game. That game holds up. I know you're not a fan <laughs> of Menace fan, but that game is rad. Um, but I just bought a new game for $4 called Garfield Kart Racing. What? That's crazy. It's, li- it's like Mario Kart with Garfield characters. Wow. Let me tell you about this game, Matt. It is bad. 
but also <laughs> it is great. Yeah, yeah, those are very close together sometimes. It's like we were messaging about Batman and Robin a little bit earlier. Well, I was messaging you about something you put up. But you know how, like, something could be so bad it's fun? That's how Garfield Kart Racing is. Sure. Um, and I've been playing it a lot. A lot, a lot. And I think I'm going to play online, and my goal is to be the number one ranked Garfield Kart race, Racing player in the world. Somehow. I don't know if that's going to be difficult or not. Maybe yeah. people are really into it. Maybe it's a big online scene. My guess is probably not, so maybe I could be number one. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet to Ska fans out there. If you want to play me in Garfield Kart Racing, we, we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. I, I wouldn't have imagined that that would exist in the world. Like Someone's like, you know what the kids are into now? Garfield. I think it's the type of thing where like a studio just had a license, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We gotta put something out. Uh, let's just make Mario Kart, but replace him with Garfield. <laughs> and there's weird characters. Like, I like Garfield. I don't know what your thoughts on Garfield are, but there's like, weird characters sure. I've never heard of. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, there's Garfield, Odie, and what's the owner's name? John. John's the guy. John. And that's, like, all I can think of. Like, there's Nermal. I, do I, 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 Nermal? Yeah, Nermal's another cat. And then, I, I, here's the other characters in the game, I can tell you. There's a rat. There's a another cat, uh, uh, Garfield's girlfriend, whose name I don't remember right now, and then John's girlfriend, whose name I don't remember. Yeah, that feels like they're just just adding whatever they can think of. Like he probably has a girlfriend. Let's make that up. I thought it'd be cool if Heathcliff was in it, but he's not. Yeah, that'd be. Or I, you know who would, who would have made sense? Remember the Garfield cartoon? They had those like barnyard characters. Yes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're not in there. That would have made sense. Yeah. What do you know what year this game was produced? So it's a remake of a Nintendo DS game that came out maybe ten years ago, and this version came out last year. Hmm. And it's regularly priced thirty dollars and I got it for four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's four dollars well spent because I've got a lot of time in on it. Yeah, yeah. So you've been playing a lot of uh what's it actually called? Is Garfield Kart? Garfield Kart Furious Racing. Furiously, is it? They didn't put it like fear, like feline. Oh, it's furious racing. Yeah, it's Fur- furious. Okay, <laughs> it's like they've got to put a pun in there somewhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a missed opportunity. Also, the game is kind of broken because it doesn't really work. Oh, well, that's not how things should go. No, no. Like, there's little parts <laughs> where, like, if you crash into a corner, you just have to restart the race because you're never getting out of the corner. <laughs> That sounds like a 1980s thing that would happen to video games where you're just, it's glitchy and it's just stuck there. You're just totally. <laughs> My wife and I play a lot of video games together. We actually determine who's going to do the chores by playing a round of Mario Kart every day. <laughs> so, like, who's going to do the dishes? We play a quick round of Mario Kart. So, I'm like, hey, and we're both pretty good, but I'm like, let's switch over to Garfield Kart to give us a new challenge. Um, and she did not like that because it is not a good game. But I've been forcing her to play it. Yeah, I don't think I could get away with convincing Megan to do household chores based on who wins at Mario Kart because I would win every single time. Because she, <laughs> she doesn't does, play video games. She does not play video games. Um, there might come a point if she practices enough that eventually we'll be on the same page. Because I'm not super great either. I all the kids in the house can beat me um, most of the time. Um, like on Smash Brothers, they. Uh, depending on what character, sometimes I get lucky. Um, 
but yeah, they're all, they're mostly better than I am. Megan would k- eventually catch up and beat me. Um, my wife is very good at video games. Yeah. So, uh, um, as you know, my uh, birthday was Friday. So uh, happy birthday, Matthew! Thank you. Um, so you know, Friday, I basically told Megan that, hey, no, no to do list today, because it's my birthday. And, uh, so I just, I, um, in the morning I watched, um, I watched the final episode of, uh, Book of Boba Fett. And, uh, what are your thoughts on, I mean, we, I don't want to give spoilers away in case anyone hasn't seen the last episode yet, but overall, what were your thoughts on Book of Boba Fett? Man, I think we've talked about this. Anything Star Wars, I'm going to love. So I loved it. I don't think it was the strongest thing they've ever done, if I'm being honest. But I think it was pretty good. Yeah. So, like, the first four episodes are kind of, like, all over the place in the fact that they kind of go back and forth between... uh, There's time jumps, there's flashbacks, there's... Like, there's stuff that took before The Mandalorian, and there's stuff that takes place after Season 2 of Mandalorian, like... It's kind of like going back and forth there, so that's a bit jarring. Um, but I guess I guess they felt we needed to know exactly how he got out of the Sarlacc pit at the Return of the Jedi. But I also feel like that could have been like one episode to explain that. It didn't. It felt like dragged out a little bit. Um, but I think it, 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 the show in general just explores that that very Star Wars theme of creating a family or finding your family, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that's sort of the purpose there. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I thought the last few episodes, as much as it was weird that they kind of dropped in the beginning of season three of Mandalorian, (laughs) sort of like, like now you do plan to have some Boba Fett in your Boba Fett show. (laughs) Well, we got plenty of that in the finale. The finale was not again. I'm not going to spoil it either, but action packed. Yeah, I love the finale. There were so many like, that's cool. And then there was one guy did one thing, like a spin thing. And I was like, that's completely unnecessary. What's wrong with you? That was Scott. That's his name. Did you know that? Ska? S-K-A-D. Scott. Scott. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. But <laughs> And he looks kind of like a rude boy. He kind of does. He, he definitely does. I think does. that's probably intentional. Yeah, that's funny though. That is crazy. So I got to hang out, watch that. Um, and uh, And then also watched um uh peacemaker that was fun entertaining but the big you know and then at night my wife made breakfast for dinner which is always a a win in life um and kids gave me gifts now they megan had the idea like since i've kind of been into vinyls uh, she's like oh i'll get the kids to go to the record a record store and pick out some vinyls now she very specifically was like you know, Green Day and Weezer. Like, she tried to get... Because I like both of those bands. So she tried to get them to focus on that. And she was trying to get them to get, like, you know, for, like, Weezer, like, the Blue Album, right? The first one. Trying to, you know, get them to go that route. And, you know, for Green Day, maybe Dookie or American Idiot or something. But that's not... so. So for Weezer, I got ended up with the vinyl for... Van Weezer, which I actually thought was Weezer covering Van Halen, 
That's what I thought that album was. Oh, they're just kind of doing the style. Yeah, they're, so their original songs done in the style. So I was <laughs> yeah. kind of more excited about that. I was like, okay, original Weezer stuff. I kind of sort of backed off Weezer after, I think, the Red album. Um, okay. Like 2010 or something like that. Um, or after Ratitude, whatever. Somewhere around that space. I, not that... Uh, like when Hurley came out, I kind of listened to Hurley and was like, eh, eh. Yeah, they put out... I'm a big Weezer fan, too. They just they put out a lot of content. Yeah, they do. Especially... Yeah, it was it was so weird. Like, uh, let's say, like, 94 to, like, 2003. They actually didn't... They did, what, three albums in that space? Right. They, and yeah. ever since then... They've done like an album a year, and sometimes they're doing, they're doing four this year, by the way. <laughs> and it's just like, what? Apparently, they've got no life anywhere to do anything. Rivers Cuomo is a, a weird dude. Yeah, he's definitely a very prolific writer. So when it comes to things, um, so I was kind of more. I was like, okay, fine. The uh, I'll, I'll check that out. I'm kind of excited to listen to it. Um, plus the cover looks awesome so you know that's have you have you listened to it yet i have not the vinyl i did then go once i realized that it was original music i did listen to it some of it on spotify just like you know clips of songs um i was like okay i get where this is going yeah Um, it's my favorite album they've done in in a while yeah um and uh let's see then i basically ended up with the newest uh, Green Day album with original material, which is the, uh, I think it's actually the mother, wait, the father of all motherfuckers, I think is technically the title of the album. Yeah, I think so. I didn't listen to that one. Um, which I have heard because it came out a year or two ago or something like that. It's actually, I think two years ago. Um, I, I, so I listened to it and I was like, eh, it's more like seventies rock. Because he's singing in, like, almost a falsetto voice. Yeah. I wasn't that big of a fan. And then I even read that, um, like, they just kind of threw that album out there as, like, a way to get out of their record contract. (laughs) Because it, like, it's, like, whatever the minimum is to be considered a a full-length album, that's how many, that's how long the album is. Yeah, it's it's less than thirty minutes, I think. Yeah, so uh, that's that's some people's thinking and stuff like that. So I, I wasn't. Like I like that the kids made you stay current, though. They're like, "Hey, pick modern up the music." Yeah, pick <laughs> Stop up the new in the nineties. <laughs> pick up the new stuff, and I'm like, "Yeah, but but Dookie and my name is Jonas." Like, right. <laughs> and then I on Saturday I went to. Um, the Funko store in Hollywood, and that was a good time. And I made a pop of myself, uh, you know. And I'll sh- I'll show. Oh no, my headphones just fell. Look. Yeah, it's- that is so incredibly cool. And you were telling me about that offline, and it's I'm super jealous. It looks like you. Like it. The, I, it, the likeness is pretty. It's pretty spot on. Yeah, I know. Like I was kind of when I was looking online because uh, they have a way for you to. Um, kind of do stuff online. Um, I couldn't find the right hair online. I just was like, I was unhappy. And then in the store, I was like, oh, there it is. 
Uh, so yeah, I was kind of excited that it came out and I got, so you get to pick two accessories to go with your person and, uh, I got a microphone and headphones as like a podcaster. Like that was the closest thing to like podcasting I could get. Um, and if someone, so the shirt I'm wearing on the toy on the pop is like a plain black shirt. So if someone can make me a really, 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 really tiny version of the, on the upbeat logo on a sticker. I can put it on there. <laughs> that's that's actually a great idea. I am uh, so jealous of you. I'm a huge Funko collector. I have probably over 300 Funko Pops. So wow, that's I need crazy. Funko myself. So here, let me also uh, probably infuriate you more by saying I've actually not a big Funko fan. Pop okay. Fan. Um, but so I have another one, and it's a Roger Robert one. And I was actually in San Francisco when I saw it, and I thought, well, I gotta buy that. Because there isn't really a whole lot of Roger Rabbit sure. merch. So I was like, I'm going to get that because, you know, that's rare for me to find something Roger Rabbit. And I love Roger Rabbit. And then I, so I was like, okay, I have that. And I've had that since like 2015. And then I saw that you could build your own pop. And I'm like, well, uh, building your own action figure is like super expensive. Yep, <laughs> um, yep. So I was like, this is only 25 bucks. Which I was surprised that it was as low as twenty five bucks. Yeah, yeah they could uh, charge more, I'm sure. Um, well, even the average pop price, like, is like only they're, thir- they're ten dollars. Yeah, like ten to thirteen dollars. So, mm-hmm. building your own, like, I, that's obviously a bigger markup, but that's still reasonable to me. Um, so yeah, I thought it was like a great thing to do for myself, and now I just get I stare at myself every day sitting at my desk. <laughs> That's uh, that's rad. That sounds like a good birthday weekend. Yeah, it was good times. All right, we should probably stop talking about our stupid lives. You didn't come here for any of that. You don't care. Um, let's get into some ska news. Rude girls and rude boys too. Grab your friends and listen to what we're telling you. I'm sorry, you might have heard, but you're about to miss me in ska news. Yes, Ska News, where we tell you about all the latest happenings in the Ska community, or at least all those that we can fit into a 10-minute segment. All right, first up, Sergeant Scagnetti released a music video for their, uh, contribute, they contribute a song to the 10th album in the Specialized Projects tribute series. They are covering, um, One More Parade. Uh, the, um, compilation is called Viva, the Freedom Songs, uh, contains 70 songs recorded by bands across the globe, spanning over 100 years of musical history. Um, I believe the, the song is produced by the saxophone player, Mike D's production company, um, saxophone player for Sergeant Scagnetti, I believe. Um, so yeah, the... So the it's basically a lyric video, and the song doesn't um, the song by Sc- Sergeant Scagnetti doesn't you can't stream it anywhere. Uh, so this is more just announcing a video that you can see on Sergeant Scagnetti's YouTube page. So I'll in the podcast notes I will tag them, and as well I will tag the album that it's off of, um, and you can check that out, and uh, you can get it on. Uh, the record label's Bandcamp page 
and check all that out in the sh- show notes. But we do want to hear a little bit of the song, and that I can do for you. Let's check out uh, Sergeant Scagnetti with their version of One More Parade. definitely uh like that song and, yeah that's uh, rad they, they have a lot of great songs and a great band name yeah great band name do you know where that's from no i do not actually it is uh sergeant scagnetti is a character in natural born killers oh and also i think he crosses over so natural born killers was written by quentin tarantino but not directed by him and i think sergeant scagnetti craft crossed over into another quentin tarantino movie Oh, that's cool. Sorry, getting nerdy about Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. All right. Um, next up, on February 11th, um, Pittsburgh ska, ska core punk band, um, Dissidente, uh, released their n- new record, The World on... Sorry, The War on Two Fronts. Uh, it's released on Bad Time Records. The album is available for streaming uh, right now, but you can also order it from Bad Time Records or the band's Bandcamp page. And let's take a listen to a song off the album called Black Block, and uh, let's check it out. So as you can tell, this band takes a a very hardcore uh, direction when it comes to ska, and uh, it's good. Uh, I've listened to most of the album, and uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. Uh, that's a fun. That's a fun album. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, have a couple tours uh, I want to mention because um, some friends are going out on tour. First up is uh, 
Monkey and Simple Minded Symphony are starting a West Coast tour on February 24th through March 12th. They will hit cities in uh, Washington State, Oregon, California, Nevada, and Arizona. Um, I will put a link to where you can buy tickets. And I think in each of these dates, uh, I, I, like I know for a fact in uh, when they hit SoCal, um, when they play uh, here in Anaheim, I know it's not just uh, those two bands. It's not just Monkey and Simple Minded Symphony. Um, I believe um, Hooray for Our Side is also joining them uh, for that date. So I think um, other local bands may be joining them at a few different dates. So it won't always just be all them. But obviously these two bands are enough to hopefully pull you out to come see the show's and uh, I will link to all the show dates in the show notes, and you can check out those dates if you're on the West Coast area, and uh, hopefully make a show. All right, also, We Are the Union, Half Past Two, and Eichlers. They're doing a very, very short, basically SoCal uh, tour um, on uh, the weekend of April 1st. Um, so April 1st, April 2nd, and April Third, they have dates in San Francisco, Anaheim, and uh, San Diego. Um, and once again, it's We Are the Union, Half Past Two, and Eichler's. I will tell you, I will for sure be at the Anaheim show at Chain Reaction. Um, but I will put all the ticket info. Um, so get your tickets to these shows and come on out and talk about Ska with us. And uh, RJ also got his uh ticket to the anaheim show so if you want to see rj and i in the same place uh you should come to that show <laughs> if you're in socal uh because rj and i have never knowingly been in the same place apparently we figured out that we were at the same show back in like 2018 or 19 i can't remember when but we kind of figured out we were at the same show but we didn't know each other then but uh yeah um all right that's all I have for Ska News. Um, and, uh, oh, uh, Gary, you said that you got the new um, Stepdaughters album this week. Uh, how was that? It did. So it was released by Jump Up Records uh, two weeks ago, last a week ago. Um, and Jump Up always does a great job of, of quick turnaround when you order a record. I think I got it in less than seven days. Um Listen to it for the first time today. I got the white vinyl. It looks really, really nice. Um, my wife was taking a nap, so I was hanging out with my daughter, and she loves dancing with me. So I'm like, let's put on a new record. <laughs> so listen to the new Stepdaughters record, and it is excellent. Really, really good. Um, I was looking forward to this one, one of my most anticipated releases of the year. Um, it's really fun. There's a track on there called Rude, which will definitely be a future ska pick of the week for me and probably you at some point. I, I just know that you're going to really like that song, too. Um, Looking forward to when it comes out on streaming. They haven't announced the streaming date. Right now it's only available on vinyl through Jump Up, but they did say streaming CD and cassette coming soon. Awesome. awesome. I have some other tours that I could mention, by the way. Oh, sure, yeah. There's a bunch of tours starting this uh, uh, winter and early spring. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys always talk about the West Coast. Us on the East Coast, we just want to represent sometimes, Matt. You're right. I, I mean... <laughs> It's probably just the algorithm, and because where I live, that gets put in my face. But yes, go ahead. Sure, sure. So um, I know a, a past guest, Flying Raccoon Suit, they just announced a spring tour. They're going to be doing some e only East Coast and Midwest dates with Stuck Lucky. 
Um, so that's pretty exciting. I'm yeah. going to be catching them when they're in New Jersey. They're touring from, or the dates, May 21st through May 30th. So they're doing a, about a week and a half run there. So that's exciting. Um, and then some two big shows happening out here on the East Coast that I'll be attending. My first ska shows in a while that I haven't been playing. Um, I'm going to see the band uh, Awful Waffle. Have you ever heard of Awful Waffle? I've heard of them only because they recently, they're on a show where they're finally reuniting. Yeah, that's actually. the show I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're yeah. a New Jersey band that I used to see um, when I was in high school. So they're kind of doing a reunion show, and they're playing with Cat Bite, the Hub City Stompers, and Sammy K. So a lot of people that I know and I'm friends with. So looking forward to that. And then I don't know if you guys have talked about this is not Croydon Fest at all. We have not, but yeah, go ahead. So... This is a festival they do at this brewery out in Pennsylvania, kind of outside Philadelphia. Um, Backyard Superheroes have played it in the past. We're not playing this year, but I'll still be going because the lineup is ridiculous. It's the Pie Tasters, Mustard Plug, Memphis Gothely, Spring Hill Jack, Catbite, Jay Navarro, Title Holder, and the Best of the Worst. So finally a pretty awesome festival yeah. out here in the East Coast. Yeah, that sounds like a good show. Yeah. Awesome. And I know a lot of us East Coast Scott people are all planning on meeting up, so looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. And also, <laughs> I thought, I, I mean, we should have seen it coming. I feel like we should have. And I don't have the dates in, in front of me, but you all can look this up. Um, Eve 6 is taking We Are The Union out on a pretty lengthy yeah. tour. Uh, so, yeah, um, over the summer they did that uh, cover of uh, Sound System by Operation Ivy, uh, you know, We Are The Union and Eve 6 did that cover, and that was pretty awesome. So I guess we should have definitely seen a little tour from them coming. So uh, I like We Are The Union, but man, am I stoked to see Eve 6. I've never seen them before. <laughs> so that should be pretty awesome. All right, so if you haven't noticed, RJ's not here this week. Um, what? <laughs> so, and we are... Um, Basically, when, you know, we normally record on Mondays, but um, these two uh, and their wives like to celebrate Valentine's Day, and my wife and I don't. Um, and that's not a joke. It's not me being lazy. My wife does not care for Valentine's Day at all, so lucky me. Um, so we're actually recording on Sunday, um, and so RJ's not here, and uh, but RJ... Uh, is going to be uh, giving us a report that we're going to cut to right now, uh, a ska history from the Money Money Boss Tones, because as you know, a few weeks ago, uh, the band broke up. And uh, we just wanted to delve deep into the ska history of the Money Money Boss Tones. So right now, here is RJ with that report. Today in ska history, we're talking about the history of the band of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. The band was formed in 1983 uh, because the band wanted to fuse the sound of two-tone records bands with the hardcore music that they are also enjoying. Originally named the just The Boss Tones, they changed their name to the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones to avoid legal hassle with the doo-wop group from the 60s of the same name. This suggestion came from a bartender friend of the band. The band consisted of Dickie Barrett on vocals, Nate Albert on guitar, Joe Gittleman on bass, Tim Johnny Vegas Burton on saxophone, Josh Dalsimer on drums, Tim Bridewell on trumpet, and Ben Carr, the dancing guy, aka the Boston, aka he's actually their tour manager. 
After a short breakup for Joe and Nate to finish high school, the band were featured on a couple early Scott compilations, Mash It Up Volume 1 and Mashing Up Nations Volume 1 and 2. Soon they recorded their debut album, Devil's Night Out, which was released in 1990. Despite the album not going over well with critics or really the music buying public because they were a little too hardcore for the ska fans, a little too ska for the hardcore fans, the band still managed to embark on a nationwide tour in 1991. Around this time, lead singer Dickie Barrett had worn some plaid at a show, and for some reason that just caught on with the crowd who started wearing more and more plaid articles clothing the shows, and in response, the band themselves upped their plaid game, and it became kind of a running look for the band. Their love of plaid clothing was even highlighted in a ad they did for Converse High Tops in 1991. Me and Ben wear Chuck Taylors because we dance like a couple of bad dogs in these things. It's all a part of having fun. Today, Boston, tomorrow, the world. In 1992, they recorded their second album, More Noise and Other Disturbances, but there had been a slight lineup change since the band's initial creation. Tim Bradwell and Josh Dalzimer had both left the band, and the Bastones were joined by Joe Surios on drums, Dennis Brockenborough on trombone, and Kevin Lanier on saxophone. This is pretty much what I consider and many fans consider the classic lineup, uh, and this commentation of the Bostones would last until 1999. In 1993, the band signed to Mercury Records. This is where the band would find their biggest amount of fame. While 1993's Don't Know How to Party and 1994's Question the Answer started getting them some minor radio and MTV play, they blew up even more when they joined the Lollapalooza Tour in 1995 and the Vans Warped Tour in 1996. Now, I'm not saying it didn't hurt that they had a cameo in the 1995 movie Clueless either. This brings us to their 1997 album, Let's Face It, and it contained their big breakthrough single, The Impression That I Get, launching them into the mainstream. This song actually became number 19 on the mainstream top 40 Billboard charts. It wasn't too long after this that Kevin would quit the band prior to recording the 2000s album, Pay Attention. Uh, prior to the recording, actually, Nate said he would also be leaving the band, but he would continue to play guitar on the recordings. And after the release, Dennis would also leave the Bostones. They were replaced by Lawrence Katz on guitar, Roman Fleischer on saxophone, and Chris Rhodes on trombone, formerly of spring Jack. This was the lineup that went to produce the 2002 album Jackknife to a Swan before the band would go on hiatus in 2003. Now let's back up just a little bit and talk about 1994. In 1994, the Bostones wanted to release their albums on vinyl, and Mercury Records had no intention on doing that. So they created their own label, Big Rig, to release records on vinyl for them. Also in 1994, the band started their hometown throwdown shows, a several-day event with the Bostones headlining each night and featuring local area bands focusing on ska, punk, and hardcore. The event ran annually up until 2022, going on hiatus around the same time of the band. Both the Hometown Throwdown and the Mighty Mighty Bostones would return in 2007. Around 2007, Roman Fleischer would also leave the band and actually was replaced by Kevin Lanier coming back on the saxophone. 
Also, keyboard John Goetius would officially join the band as a keyboard player. And I say officially join because John had actually been playing keyboards on Boston's albums as far back as Question the Answers. From here, the Boston's would embark on their trilogy of albums, starting with 2008's Pinpoints and Gin Joints, followed by 2011's Magic of Youth, and then completing the trilogy with 2018's While We're Still At It. Uh, Between these last two albums... Kevin would leave the band again, and this time he would be replaced by Leon Silva on saxophone. Unfortunately, due to the COVID pandemic, 2019 would be the final year of the hometown throwdown. In 2021, the Bostones would release what became their final album, When God Was Great on Hellcat Records, produced by Tim Armstrong. The album ends with a seven-minute-long song called The Final Parade, featuring a bevy of friends of the band's long career, adding guest vocals to it. In early 2022, the Bostones released a statement that they would be ending the band. While the rumor mill would swirl around why they issued such a definitive and hasty end, especially with some summer shows still on the horizon, one would think, it was met with sadness from their large fan base. I'm bitter, I'll admit, now I've got to deal with it, just one more thing okay, it's so sad to say Personally, the Bostones were the first ska punk band I ever heard. Don't Know How to Party was the second ska CD I ever bought and the first ska punk CD I ever bought. They've always been a a band that was enjoyed by me, my little brother, a lot of our younger cousins, and we tried to go see them all as much as we could together. It's weird to think I now live in a world where I'm not going to see a big Bostones show because they were such a touchstone in my life. And they came back from one hiatus. One would think they could come back again. Hopefully, for me and all the other 737 fans worldwide, we will get at least one more show. Want to dance to an old school one? Stay right there, dance your fucking ass off. I don't give a shit. Oh, that was awesome, RJ. Thanks so much for that. We appreciate uh, that deep dive into the history of the Mighty Body Boss Tones. Uh, Gary, you said you uh, had something to share of like a personal note of uh, your your experience with them. Uh, so did you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh, the Boss Tones have always been one of my favorite bands. Uh, they're the first kind of mainstream ska band that I ever saw after going to some local ska shows. I think it was back in 2000, 2001. Um, so they always hold that special place in my heart. Um seen them a bunch of times since, and then have two really fun stories. So I'll start with the, the most recent. Um, last time I, I quote unquote saw the Boston's play, I actually didn't see them play. We have this outdoor venue in New Jersey that does like a summer stage thing at the mm-hmm. Stone Pony. Um, and they were playing, they were Bouncing Souls. And I didn't really want to go. I had some other things going on that day. Um, but it, it turned out that I was free, so I grabbed a bunch of friends, some of the guys from Backyard Superheroes, some other friends, and we just hung out on the beach. And if you sit on the beach, you can hear the band literally perfectly, so there's no reason to buy a ticket to a show that you don't want to see. Um, and not that I didn't want to see, but like I said, other things were going on. So we just had a really great time. Um, a lot of friends hanging out on the beach. We grabbed some tacos. We were dancing right in the sand, listening to the Mighty Mighty Boston's. And that was the last memory I have of the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Um, that was the summer before... 
pandemic, so it was like 2019. So it was one of the last kind of concert experiences I had. So that was really great. Um, but we opened for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones once, um, only one time, and it was in July of 2017. Hmm. And I know that specifically because it was two months before my wedding, and that will come into play in a second. Um, but we opened for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. They were such cool dudes. Um, you know, we've, we've played with pretty much every major touring ska band there is. I think we have played with all of them um, that I can think of. And everyone's really cool. I can't say a negative word about anybody. But the Boss Tones were extra cool. They made it a point to come talk to us. They checked out our set, which not every band does for an opening band. Um, and then they actually came over to our merch table and bought T-shirts. So they all bought Backyard Superheroes T-shirts. Awesome. And then Dickie wore a Backyard Superheroes T-shirt on stage during their set, which I was like, hmm. That's awesome. And I, I think he's probably done that with other bands. I'm sure he does. Sure. But it's still like, it still means something. And it's still sure. like kind of a, a cool moment. And then he shouted us out on stage. They're like, oh, they were so great. And he clearly watched our set because he could reference certain things that had happened. So that meant a lot to me. But why I remember that show specifically, Matt, other than that, um, I stage dived during our set with my saxophone and landed on my foot. And I usually do that every single show. It's kind of one of our signature things. But I just landed wrong on my right foot and snapped two bones in the top of my foot. Ooh. And I knew it immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Luckily, it was during our last song. And I did um, tough it out, I guess, because I didn't know they were broken. I just thought, like, I bruised it or something. Yeah. And uh, I watched Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and danced my butt off to Mighty uh, Mephistopheles, who were also playing the show, too. Um, then went to the doctor the next day and found out that I had two broken bones in my foot. And that was two months before my wedding. So I was literally on crutches until the day before my wedding. Wow. Um, and I don't think I was medically cleared to be <laughs> off crutches at my wedding, but the doctor um, told me I, I didn't have to. I think my wife just scared him. <laughs> now, I have a slightly similar story, not involving the Bostones. Um, it was probably... I honestly cannot remember how long before the actual wedding this happened, but I know it happened about a week before my um, uh, bachelor party, which I think was only a week before the wedding. So I think it's like two weeks before the wedding. My wife will correct me when she hears this. But, so, um, the house we were going to move into uh, when we got married was very old. Like, very 70s still in its complete decor. So, we were... We'd pulled a bunch of stuff off these, like, awnings that go over the curtains. I don't know if you've seen those. Yeah. I think it's called the curtain box, I think is what it is. And so, like, we took those off the wall, because it's very 70s looking. They're gross. And I was breaking them down. And I was breaking it apart with my foot like stepping on the wood and pushing it apart. And cause I'm a guy and that's what I do. And, and I don't think about things. And so sure enough, I go to push on one paint and literally as Megan is like, no, <laughs> I'm pushing my foot and a nail goes into my shoe. And I think it actually just kind of barely went into my foot. Um, and then I fall cause I realized what I had just done. Cause I kind of did feel it. Mostly I felt like I felt it going into the shoe, 
and then I just fell on the ground. And you know how they say, um, if you get stabbed with something, don't pull it out immediately? I didn't know that then, so I pushed out the thing, because it was like a big box thing, so I could just push it right off my foot. As my wife is saying, don't pull it out, I'm throwing it out. Because it's a panic attack. I'm just like, eh. And I had to go to the hospital and get a tetanus shot. And my wife was all worried that I wasn't going to be able to like walk or dance at the wedding. Uh, but lucky enough, I was fine. It was just a... It just slightly went into my foot. And I had to get it. The tetanus shot hurt more than whatever went into my foot or didn't go into my foot. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, modern medicine needs to find a way to make the tetanus shot less intimidating. Yeah, I... D- and like... I think that's why when people are kind of complaining about just having the simple arm pain with the COVID vaccine shots and stuff yeah. like that, I was like, come on, stop being such crybabies. Like, have you had a tetanus shot? Like, those things, I'm sorry, I don't know what it is about the tetanus shot, but it hurts. I hope my doctor doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm not sure. Maybe she does. Maybe she does. But last time I had a physical, which was a couple of weeks ago, that was one of the questions she asked. Like, oh, do you, do you know last time you had a tetanus shot? And I just didn't want another tetanus shot. So I was like, yeah, a couple of years ago, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, that's probably not the safest thing to do. But I didn't <laughs> yeah, probably want not. At the time. Like, you you don't work with rusty wood or nails or anything like that, do you? <laughs> I did have a, did I tell you guys the, the splinter story? No. <laughs> I just got a splinter a couple months ago from my, my desk at work under my fingernail. Oh. It was like an inch long, and it was sticking out of my fingernail, and I had to get that removed by oh, like gross. The, the ER. That was horrible. Yeah, that's no fun. That's no and fun. they asked me if I had a tetanus shot, and I said yes. <laughs> yes, the other week I did. Yeah, I had one yesterday. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I had a tetanus shot before. I just don't know when. But eh. yeah, I don't know what it is about that shot. I don't know why they why it hurts so much for some reason. And I had to have it on my foot. That was very uncomfortable. Yeah. On your foot, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, the, I remember the ER uh, doctor said, yeah, this is going to hurt more than what went into your foot. And I'm like, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> Were you, like, not able to walk for a couple of days? Um, I could walk. I, don't, I definitely wasn't on crutches or anything. I could walk. It just was very uncomfortable. You know, I definitely spent a lot of time with my foot up whenever I could. So Did they bandage it or anything? I don't think so. I don't. I like I said. I think it like barely. I think it mostly went into my shoe. Um, I was wearing very heavy, like pl- padded running shoes at the time, so I think it barely, just the tip, got got into the <laughs> foot. As long as you weren't wearing, if you were wearing like Converse or Vans, you would have been screwed. Yeah, I would have been screwed. Yeah, would have. They would have had to chop that foot off. <laughs> They're like, sorry, <laughs> you don't you don't want your right foot, do you? <laughs> no, it's the only one I do everything with. Um, <laughs> it's it's not like <laughs> it's not like you're right footed instead of right handed. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely I lead with my right foot. Like I probably put most most weight on my right foot. Um, sure, sure, but I would say you use your left foot when you use your left hand. That is true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. Facts, facts, facts. All right. Uh, you had some. Um, you had a, a thing that you wanted to talk about. Uh, I think this was like uh, what 
what football team makes for the best ska band names? Is that is that sure? <laughs> is that what so this we were is? trying to think of things to talk about today? And uh, behind the scenes, we are recording on Super Bowl Sunday before the the football game. Um, I am a big sports fan, mostly baseball, but I do watch all sports. Matt, are you a sports fan at all? Uh, no. No? But I do watch major sporting events, so I probably will be watching the Super Bowl today. Sure, yeah, it's like a pop culture event. You know, I feel like sure. you don't even have to like sports to watch it. Yeah. Um, but I was like, hey, you know what would be really fun? Taking football team names and seeing which one would be the best ska band name. I thought that would be really fun, Matt. It wasn't, but I thought it was going to be really fun. <laughs> Until I started and doing it. I'll tell it. you why. Football team names are all really kind of boring. Right? So looking at major sports, hockey always has cool names. Like, there's a team called the Kraken. That's a cool name. That is the hockey cool. team I root for is the New Jersey Devils. That's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball teams have cool names. Uh, basketball teams kind of do. Football teams, not so much. They're all kind of boring and bland. So this is going to be a stretch, and I don't think it's going to be as fun <laughs> or funny as I wanted to. Uh, but I feel like it's in, in the spirit of Super Bowl Sunday, right? Yes. Sure. So this is um, the top five football team names that could also be ska band names. And I decided I'll also do this for every sport going forward. Um, (laughs) Maybe it'll be better. I don't know. We'll see. I did want to start with an honorable mention. Okay. The honorable mention is the Washington football team. Have you heard about the Washington football team? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, the Washington football team have recently just changed their name off the top of my head. Washington Commanders, I think it is now. Um, They had a different name, which was kind of culturally insensitive. So they changed their name to Washington football team for two seasons while they decided another name. Now, I don't think that would be a good ska band name. It took them two seasons to do that? It did, to come up with that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of like Washington football team. Did they take like a that. did they take a break from it? Like I didn't I knew about it, but I didn't know it took two full seasons. So right. Like, ah, oh, we gotta <laughs> take a like break. <laughs> <laughs> to come up with commanders. I'm pretty sure it's commanders. Someone's gonna correct us if I'm wrong. Um and that's that's not a bad name, that's fine, but it's yeah. it's just it took a long time to come up with that. Like yeah. if there took two years if I took two years to come up with something, it better be epic. <laughs> right. Like the Washington <laughs> Mega Vikings on fire dragons or something like that, right? That's right. something cool. Uh, Washington Swords. Washington Swords would be cool, actually. Yeah. Um, so the Washington football team, I don't think that'd be a good ska band name, but that would set, that sounds to me like a mid-2000s like emo band. Washington football team. Uh, isn't there like a ska band called Some Ska Band? Isn't that? Yeah, there is Some, some Ska Band. Yeah. <laughs> But to me, Washington football team sounds like, I don't know, maybe it's like the band Modern Baseball is what I'm thinking of. I don't know. Okay, sure. Yeah. I feel like it'd be in the same vein there. So anyway, that was my honorable mention. So I'm going to go five to one and then give you what kind of genre that band would be. Oh, okay. Like what, 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 what wave, per se, of ska, ska that sure. band would be. Okay. But number five is the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee so Titans. We're going to take away the, 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 the city name, so just the Titans. The Titans. I thought the Titans would be a good traditional ska band, like 1960s type of ska band. Maybe mm. it's because it reminds me of Trojan Records. Sure. But I thought the Titans, right? Oh, those are the Titans of ska. Yeah, there, that work. There's something old school about that. Sure. Yeah. Titans is not a word that is frequently used, I think, outside of like football and Clash of the... <laughs> right. Your comic, <laughs> comic books in general. 
Yeah. Number four was the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jaguars. Jaguars. Okay. I thought that would be a good two-tone band name. Like early 80s, two-tone records, Jaguars. Yeah, because it has a... Well, because the animal's dark colored, so it just... You perceive yeah. it to have a darker sound, which... You, you and I are on the same page right now. <laughs> this was really a stretch for me, so I'm glad that you are really, uh, really going with it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, number three. The Green Bay Packers, which is the Packers. That's a very famous football team. I don't know if you know this about the Packers, Matt. They are owned by the fans. It's the only professional sports team that's owned by the fans of the team. Now, how does that work, though? How do you... But they, the, the, maybe it's the, yeah, the fans or either the city have the majority stake in ownership. I would, it would make sense if it was the city. I think think it's actually the fans. I think, like, fans own the the team. I could be wrong. I don't know everything about everything, Matt. Okay. But let's hear uh, your thoughts on what genre they would be. I thought the Packers would be um, kind of like a pie tasters type of band. Like, just real soulful, real cool, real chill, like music to drink to at the bar and have a good time. Yeah. The Packers. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the Green Bay, like the Wisconsin cheese. This is how my mind works, how I'm making um, connections there. Um, yeah, I think it's a very working class name the packers it sounds like a the packers they pack stuff that's like a everyday blue i don't know what that even that sports team name means like titans i get it jaguars i get it those are intimidating things packers i don't know okay so here's an answer to your question uh because i googled it um the packers are the only publicly owned franchise in the nfl rather than being uh the property of an individual uh partnership or a corporation entity, they're held as 2021 by like three over 300,000 stockholders. I just don't like. There's still so many questions that I have about like how that plays out. But I guess well, can I buy stock in the Packers? That and, like trade I want my stock. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the questions I have. And then it's like, do you? But then do you have to live in a specific area? To to qualify to buy stock because if it's owned by the people of the city, then only the people who live in Green Bay would be able to. I don't know. Yeah, well, I feel like that's very working class, so pie yeah, pacers yeah. type of band. Sure, yeah. Number two, San Diego Chargers. So Chargers. Chargers. And this would be your third way ska band, right? Yeah. Chargers. They're Chargers. from San Diego. And one, I found on YouTube once somebody did a ska cover of their like fight song, so that's why I got that. <laughs> they they have sunny colors. They're like blue and yellow and yeah. white, so like they just seem like they'd be a really upbeat third wave ska band. I'd be a big fan of the Chargers. They're not the football team I root beer, root beer, root for, but I feel like if they were a band, I'd be into them. Agreed. And then the last one, number one, the first one that I thought of when I was coming up with this list is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Buccaneers. Because pirates and ska seem to go well together. Yeah, it's true. And they'd uh, be like a ska core band. And I like that they're they're a football team that really leans into the pirate theme, and that's kind of goofy, and I like that. But the goofiness would would make me think that it's, you know, third wave ska, goofy like. I'm thinking like a band that's in between third wave ska, ska core, like a Voodoo Glow Skulls type of band, where they have that sure that imagery that is kind of goofy. The, Voodoo Glow Skulls things, but they have the sound that's a little bit more stock core. Yeah. 
Yeah. But do they always dress as pirates? Do they have pirate names like... Uh, Shiver Me Timbers is one of the guys, right? Shiver Me Timbers plays guitars. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's how they started off, but then they got some new members who were like, no, nah, no. Nah. Like no, they got this guy named Tom Brady to play with them, and he's like, no, nah, we're not going to. We're not gonna. We're not we'll, goofy anymore. We'll keep, we're gonna be more serious. We'll keep the name just for legacy purposes, and totally. uh, you know, um, copyright and all that fun stuff. But uh, no more costumes. So that was my top five football team names that could be ska band names. All right. Again, it was kind of difficult because they don't have a lot of great names. <laughs> they they do not. <laughs> uh, what what's the next sport you think we can do this with? Um, baseball, because opening day for baseball is knock on wood, uh, April first. <laughs> and I'm a huge, huge baseball fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a – that's the thing. Like, I'm not a sports fan, but I definitely – so, like, when the Dodgers end up in the playoffs and World Series and stuff like that, I get very excited because my brother and my dad, uh, who have since passed away, were big um, Dodgers fans. And that's why I'm rooting for the Rams, um, okay. simply because my dad was a big Rams fan. So, so I, did, they, did he follow them when they went to St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, not physically, but he. I did. mean, not obviously following, but he's still rooted for them. <laughs> yes, he did, because, um, well, because that's what he. I actually went to an LA Rams game in like the eighties as a kid. Wow. Yeah, so that's the only. It's the only football game I've ever been to, because um, pretty soon after that, they're like, "Bye." <laughs> yeah, I've always wondered that. Like, all my sport teams, I root for the regional teams, and they really haven't gone anywhere. Except for, like, I rooted for the New Jersey Nets, who went to Brooklyn, but that's, like, a state away, so that's fine. Yeah. But I always wondered if fans, like, felt betrayed when their team leaves. Yeah, I don't know. Now it's now it becomes it, – now it seems like so many bands – so many bands, not <laughs> – so many bands claim states. I guess they kind of do. Sure. Like, but, but so many – uh, sports teams now seem to leave their city like at the drop of a hat. Like it's like, yeah. oh, there's more money over here. Let's go there. Well, you guys in California have like a thousand sports, professional sports teams. Now, I mean, but for a long time we only had like the Dodgers. Well, I I think Orange County. So I always think the Dodgers and um, the Angels. Angels. But then you do, ha- yeah. Of course, you you have the uh, Giants. Um. N- and the Raiders, so three basketball teams, two hockey teams. <laughs> that's true. That's all true. But see, that's that's why you can tell I don't pay attention to sports. Yeah, is this the most sports that you've ever talked about on the upbeat? On the upbeat, it's most certainly the most sports I've ever <laughs> talked about on a. This is episode one hundred and one, right? Now that we're going to turn the next one hundred episodes into a sports podcast, <laughs> just slowly, slowly. Hey, but surely. if you want to increase your listenership, do you think there's more people interested in sports or ska? <laughs> See, that's a funny thing. I think there's more people in general listen would want to listen to a sports podcast, but do they want to listen to a sports cat podcast done by me? Like that's the- maybe maybe like a guy who doesn't know much about sports trying to talk about sports is a fun thing. Well, so that's that's also an interesting thing too. Like I don't follow teams, but you put me like in front of a game, I will trash talk teams who do stupid things all the time because i've played both of those like you know bass uh baseball and football i've played them and so i can go yeah that was dumb like that's stupid don't do that don't did you that. play in like like organized in like high school and stuff uh no more pop warner uh kid stuff but i also grew up 
around a bunch of people who talk sports all the time. And so I have a, a huge grasp of the game. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what changed and why uh, football started like running the ball a whole lot more than they throw the ball. That seems weird to me. Um, they try to run plays more than they pass the ball like long distances. I don't know when that changed, but I have noticed. But anyway. <laughs> this is Sports Talk with Matt and Gary. RJ is going to be like, what happened when I wasn't here? <laughs> exactly. Sucker. Uh, you think RJ likes sports? I have no idea. I don't. Like he doesn't. No. I don't, I don't think he has a particular... Yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, if they might be Giants had a sports team, I feel like he'd be really into that. Maybe he likes the Giants of New York for football and of San Francisco for baseball for yeah, that reason. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Um, but, yeah. No. Um, well, that was good. We. Uh, well, I mean, it was something. It was a thing. It happened. <laughs> I bet Tell somebody... us what you think, everybody. Do you want to hear that again? Or you... Again. Oh, you definitely don't want to hear it again. How? Whatever you're thinking, let us know. We'll do. My next list is going to be which Batman actors are the most ska. <laughs> you think? Uh, I think Michael Keaton could totally get down as a two tone. I do too. Yeah, he's definitely the right age for it. Too. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice was kind of ska. That's true. Very two toned. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Um, all right. So before we head out. We are, of course, going to do Scott Picks of the Week. Uh, I will go first. My Scott Pick of the Week. Um, and honestly, this I was driving. Um, so <laughs> I have a funny story. And Gary, I think you probably saw the pictures. Uh, I was out with uh, kids today at the park. And uh, I'm sitting there and the kids are playing. And uh, another dad who's there looks up and is like reading... You know, looking up and reading the sky. And he just goes, never gonna give you up. And I'm like, what? So, like, I stand up, turn around, I look up. And that's someone sky wrote in the sky, never gonna give you up. And I'm like, is there, like, a marriage proposal coming soon or something? Nope. Just wrote never gonna give you up in the sky and i'm like we were just rickrolled like someone just did that to do it <laughs> is that are you how close do you are are you to la could that be someone doing it over the football game or something because the super bowl's in la um at least where we were at the time i'm like a block away a few blocks away from la county um i guess it could have been Otherwise, why would someone do that? Just for the heck of it, I guess? Yeah, I guess. Um, but the game doesn't start till like, well, I guess, and now it starts in like 15 minutes. But, um, yeah, but if that was earlier today, it wouldn't last, to your point. Yeah, it, it, by the time I even left the park, it was gone. But it was just so funny. I don't know why I brought it up. But, oh, yeah, I was driving home from said park, and this song came on the radio. And I was like, oh, or on my, my phone. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard this song in a while. Forgot how good it was. So it is uh, Pictures by Goldfinger, um, and let's check it out right now. Here we go.
so that song came on and I just was like, this is a really good song. I forgot how much I, I really thought song. you were going to play Never Gonna Give You Up or like at least a cover of it or something. <laughs> that probably would have been funny, but I did. I think the Holophonics covered it. Oh, really? Oh, I'm Yeah, I'm sure some ska band has done it, of course. Um, all right, Gary, what is your ska pick? My ska pick of the week uh, is in line with the pizza that I'm about to eat. Uh, gluten-free pizza, of course, in, for the Super Bowl. Um, so it's by the band The Last Slice. They always, make, they always remind me of pizza. Um, they're no longer together. They're a great band. I'll probably cover on Here Today, Scott Tomorrow, at some time in the future. Um, but it is the song Sea of Unknown by The Last Slice. All right, let's check it out. And I turn and I can't find no peace With a bad taste in your mouth When you're grinding every single week What's up, see, that's how these stories go While I'm dreaming of New Brunswick basement shows So what you gonna do, kid When you've worn out the shoes on your feet Well, I fall back in self-made losing coma steam It's unreal how I can make you feel These sex books never spots on me So I found something that will That's really good. I'm going to have to check out their other stuff. Oh, they're a wonderful band. Um, Do you feel like I do? Like the lead singer sounds like the lead singer of Sublime? Yeah, I can hear that. I've never thought that before, but I could totally hear that. Um. Yeah. Well, which lead singer of Sublime? The real lead singer of Rome or the old did I Bradley? <laughs> did I say the lead singer of Sublime with Rome? <laughs> fair point, fair point. <laughs> uh, there's some controversy. Um, we should do a deep dive into that. Um, but... here's, here's it in a nutshell. Just call your band Rome and I think they'd be great because I don't, I don't think they're bad at all. I just can't get into the Sublime with Rome thing. It feels weird. Yeah, that, yeah I think that's everything. If they just started a new band it would have been fine even if they'd occasionally still covered sublime songs totally like yeah, totally. To- like no one cares but it's like sublime with rome like eh. yeah all right so uh listeners thanks for hanging out with us this week we appreciate it and until next time keep listening to ska you've been listening to on the upbeat Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the new episodes as soon as they're available. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at OnTheUpbeatSka. Follow our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Please consider joining our Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash OnTheUpbeatSka to sign up today. And thank you for supporting On The Upbeat.